helpful diving into a series on prayer. I mean, I think just it's true for all of us, we all want to grow in prayer, right? Like, I have yet to meet the person that I ask, like, how's your prayer life? And they're like, perfect. You know, (laughs) how much do you pray? The right amount, you know? Like, oh, wow, good for you. Like, how do you pray? With great faith, you know? Like, I've yet to meet that person that you're like, prayer. They're like, I got it. All of us, right, want to grow in prayer. And we're going to take three weeks to unpack this isn't like a whole theology of prayer, but a couple particular prayers for you to pray that I think would be dangerous. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. Part of, you know, the heart of this series, and I remember in my own journey, when I was like praying and I knew what my prayers were, and then you ever like read some of the prayers in the Bible? I'm like, oh, that's a little different, right? Like my prayers, like God, take this gross burger and somehow nourish my body with it. You know, like, God, please let there not be traffic today. Like, let Route 8 just be better. Like, God, whatever demon is over that project, like, free Route 8, Lord. What is happening, right? You know, like, we just, you know, we pray these prayers. You know, Aunt Sally's gout's back. God, please help her. And we notice how many of our prayers are for mine and my loved one's safety. And then I look, you know, at the prayers of the New Testament. I pray that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Pray for an opportunity of the righteousness of Christ to go forth. That you would know the height and depth of the love of God. And then I look at my prayers. I heard this quote, that my prayers are you know, often not much more than just worrying in God's direction. Like I just go through my you know, wish list. Like, please God, like I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a rabbit and a bat. You know, like we all have our list. I don't know what your list is, but we have our list that we run through, right? And here's the deal. So many of the, pray, the, the prayers that we pray, I can't tell you whether God's going to heal that person or not. I want to pray some high percentage prayers. Like these dangerous prayers... I feel good that God is going to answer yes to this. And they're not just small and just for you. They are dangerous. What part of that is dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. I mean, these are prayers that are significant. But I also want to warn you, they may be dangerous to your little American dream. It may be dangerous to the nice vision that you had for your family. It might blow those up as well. But all the things we pray... I don't know if God's going to answer those or not. Maybe you've heard it said this way, God answers every prayer. Sometimes yes and sometimes no. Sometimes later. Now, I'm not knocking that. That is true, and I will continue to teach that. But man, raise your hand if you're like due for a yes from God. Anybody want to hear a yes? You don't want to hear a yes from God? Get it up, Brian. Come on. Let's do Jeez. Oh, again, you guys are so perfect to get prayers. All your prayers are answered. Like, man. If you're due for like a yes from God in prayer, let's dive in to these. So we're going to go three weeks, and if you're going to notice, my prayer is a prayer from Jesus, so I should get double the pastor points for that. But we're going to be in Matthew 26. So we're gonna, here's what I want to unpack. First, I want to start with what to pray for. And then I want to help you go into how can you mean that prayer And then I want to help you do that, all right? So first, let's look at, okay, what is our prayer? And we're going to be in Matthew 26. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, 
Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In a lot of ways, this is just sacred ground. If you don't know the context, this is Jesus just before he's going to go to the cross. Jesus is going to go through the most torturous thing that this world has ever known. And this is Jesus. We get a beautiful picture of just his humanity, but as the Son of God praying, God, I don't want to do this. God, if it is possible, let this cup, let this cross pass from me, but not as I will, as you will. What a good model for us to pray. Now, I think most of us intuitively, we already pray our desires. God, I want this. God, give me this. Give this for my kid and help with this. But what I want you to pray is a prayer of submission and surrender. So not just one time. I mean, this should blanket all of our prayers. Okay, God, your will be done. So that's the model I want us to follow, the model that we as a church want You know, all of us to be praying, okay, God, here's my desire, but you decide. Say, God, here's what I think is best for me in my life and for you, but you know what? I'm going to trust God that you know best, and I'm going to let you decide. John Calvin, arguably the most influential theologian in all of Christian history, as he looked at prayer, he developed four rules for prayer, and this was one of them. As you pray, do you pray all things with a submissive trust of God? God, please give me this. But I surrender it to you. I trust you to decide. Now, this this isn't just throwing our hands up in the air. I'm not saying don't pray and don't pray boldly that, oh, it's just God's will, however this will play out. Look at this quote from Tim Keller. We should ask for things with boldness and specificity, with ardor, honesty and diligence, yet with patient submission to God's will and his wise love. Does that reflect your life? And not even just a couple of your prayers. I'm talking about all of your prayers, and particularly the ones that seem most important to you. I want you to pray boldly, whether it be for healing or whatever is in your life. But yet, do you pray that in submission to God's will? So it's a simple prayer, but it's difficult to do. And even more, let me say this, even more than just your prayer and the content of your prayer, I want you to have the right posture in prayer. Because I think that is so key. So many people get worried, and people will come into my office and say, well, I don't really know what to pray. So many think the key to prayer is we know all the right fancy words to use. That's not it. More important than the content of your prayer is the posture of your prayer. Are you humbled before God? Even look at, do you remember Jesus' physical posture? Let's go back to that verse. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed. What is his posture? Utterly humbled before God. Is that your posture? God, I want this healing, but whatever you want. How many times our posture is we're wagging our finger at God, we're closed-fisted, God, would you heal them? God, I want another kid. God, why don't you give me this job? And we have closed fists, and we're trying to push around God Almighty. That gets a little tiring after a while. 
Is that your posture? Are you telling God, God, you give me this? The posture should not be closed-fisted. We don't come to God in demand. We pray boldly, with great faith. But yet we pray open-handed. Is your posture before God this? God, here is my desire. Like, you remember my desire. Like, I, my desire is this way, for sure. Like, we're good. Okay, we're good. Like, God knows your desire. Do you let him decide? So that's what I want us as a church, what we want, you know, to be praying together, right? It's God's will be done. The only problem is, you know, how do we get ourselves to actually mean it? Because it's easy enough to say, God, your will be done. Let's say that together. Your will be, say it together. Your will be done, right? Congrats, you passed the sermon. Good job, everybody. You know how to pray a dangerous prayer. What's simple enough to say is far more difficult to mean it. And so I'm not teaching you some trick. Like sometimes we just, you know, think of prayer, like there's like little slogans that like, you know, we just like rubber stamp our prayers with. Like, you know, if we want to get something done, what do we do? I pray in Jesus' name, right? And we just slap that in the end of all of our prayers like, oh, please let this, you know, scratch up lottery be a winner. Jesus' name, Boom! <laughs> And so I'm not, this isn't just a rubber stamp like, oh, my prayer's not done yet until, okay, but you know, God, your will be done. So much more is do you mean it? Is your heart there? Do you have a posture of, no, God, really? You decide. And how to know for sure if you really mean it? One, let me start with, as we talk about God's will, it's always confusing. By and large, he's revealed his will in his word. Like he has told us, Here's what I want you to do in that situation. So I get people, you know, oh, do you want God's will for your marriage? Yes. And I think, you know, God's leading me to leave my spouse because I found a better spouse that makes me more happy. There's a Hebrew word that addresses that. It's kind of like one of those guttural words. It's, uh-uh. <laughs> nah. I think, you know, I, I, just, I just want God's will for this relationship. No, you don't. Because you're not living in accord with God's will. So by and large, most of the issues get settled in God's word. It tells you what you should be doing. Now, you know, there's enough time in the sermon, you realize there is a bigger cross-section, right? There's a lot of things that you wrestle with that God doesn't specifically tell you, here's what to do in this situation. God doesn't tell you how many kids that you're going to have or how you're going to have them. Like, that's not a Bible passage. It doesn't tell you what house to buy, exactly what job to take, when to move, where to move. Like, there are clearly principles that help us. But there are a lot of things, you know, that we don't know. And so here, for me, here is the best way for me to check my heart. And do I really mean it? Am I really surrendered to God's will? Am I just saying that or am I really praying that? Your will be done. I'll tell you the best way it's highlighted in a story from the Old Testament. We're going to be in Daniel 3. So again, I'm going to read this. Follow along. Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these three men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I've made, well and good. But if you do not worship, 
you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? So these three guys, this is the Old Testament. They're in a pagan society. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, makes this decree that you've got to worship this false god. So these three faithful believers say, no way, we're not worshiping anybody but the true god. And then the risk of that is they're going to be killed. So this is risk of death. So king gets word that these three men aren't bowing down to worship. And king says, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity to think about it. If you don't bow down and worship at the appropriate time, this is a metaphor. Like, you are going to be burned to death. You'll be thrown in a furnace and be burned to death. I mean, that is intense, and that's the situation. Now, I want you to hear this response. I mean, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And I know I say it every week, but I mean it. This is like really one of my favorites. Listen to their response in worshiping these false gods. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I mean, is there a more savage response? I mean, a more courageous, looking at the king, threatening his life. Like, are you going to, I want you to think about it, and you worship. And they're like, bro, I don't need to think about it. When that thing comes around, I worship nobody but the true God. And look, you may throw me in the fire, but God can save me. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to serve him still. Can you pray that prayer God here's my desire but even if not if you don't give me that I'll worship you still I mean these three men looking at that king and saying that if God blesses you with three male triplets and you don't name them Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego you're a fool you have missed an opportunity I mean these guys look I love that picture of faith and so that's the litmus test So right now, that thing that you're praying for, that you so desperately want for your kids, your family, I want you to have a moment between you and God right now, and no one could judge you. I want you to be honest. If that thing you so desperately want from God, he says, look, son, I hear you, my daughter. No, I'm not gonna do that for you right now. Even if not, will you still say, okay, I surrender to you, I will worship you still. I think of the lowest times in my life. I remember when the song was huge, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. You want to know, are you really surrendered to the will of God? Can you sing that song? There's times I wasn't singing that song. I was screaming it to God. You give and you take away. You give and take away, but my heart will choose, and I love it's the word choose. My heart will choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's when you know, are you surrendered? Are you demanding that God gives you what you want? Are you saying, God, here's my desire? But even if not, I will worship you still and tell you, blessed be the name. Blessed be your glorious name. 
Understand, if you are close-fisted before God with something that you need from him, do you understand that that is a prison, that is a slavery? I mean, you found an idol in your life. If there's something that you have to have from God, you worship that thing. It has mastery over you. So I just don't want you to surrender. I want you to have peace. Until you genuinely pray that before God, not just say the words, but really mean it, thy will be done, you will never have peace. Only when you get to that place that even if God does the very thing that you hope he wouldn't, and maybe that's you know, something that you really want. And maybe that's something you want to receive or maybe it is relief from some sort of you know, burden, some sort of cross or fire. But if you can look down the barrel of that fire that you're looking into and say, you don't own me, he does. I don't serve you, I serve him. And man, here's my heart, I hope he does this. But even if he doesn't, I will still praise and serve him. So that's one of the huge ways to really gut check yourself. Do you really mean it when we pray that? So now I want to move into the last part to, how you, to, to help you do that, to help us actually pray that, right? Because again, it's easy enough to say. But one of the ways to get you there, because look, there are so many things, and I'll just speak personally, that I am afraid that I won't make it if this happens. I can think of like losing my wife. Like if I lost my wife, I'm just afraid, like I don't think I could make it. Like I don't think my life would work Love you, boo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got you, girl. That's the internet. I'm talking to the internet right now because she's not in here, but <laughs> she'll watch it later. It's fine. But you get the point. There's so many things that you think, but God, if you do this, it'll crush me. I won't make it. Listen to me. You will. Part of the ways of helping you get there is to understand that God will give you the grace that you need. Paul prayed the same prayer, one of the writers of the New Testament, the same thing that Jesus prayed three times, you know, God, let this cup pass from me. Paul prayed, you know, God, please take this thorn in my flesh from me. If you have the courage to pray this dangerous prayer, God, your will be done however this goes. I trust you, please help me. Do you know what your answer will be? Look at this verse together. This is God speaking to Paul, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. If you're looking for memory verse, ding, 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 ding. Like store that away in your heart because there's so many things that if I really let go of this, I don't know what will happen if God doesn't do it. I don't know exactly what it will go through, but I know the promises of God that you can cling to is God will be enough. He will give you what you need. That's not just saving grace. He will give you the empowerment and the strength to be faithful to him. So I want you to know that whatever you're facing, his grace is sufficient. We cling to our desires as if we're going to be okay if we get more money or if we get pregnant or if whatever it is for you. Those desires are not promised. Those are like just you know, waves on the sea. God's promises are stable. Cling to his promises that even if you don't, God, I trust you, but you got to help me, and I promise he will, that he will be enough. His grace is sufficient. And even in your weakness, it talks about how you know, God can be seen. His power is made perfect in that. But the last thing I want to kind of camp on to help you 
to help us pray this prayer is we got to remember who we're praying to. I mean, as I pray, and do you remember what Jesus, how he started his prayer? How did he address God? My Father. When we're praying, we're addressing our Heavenly Father that is God Almighty. So I want you to remember this truth as we're wrestling through surrendering to God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I mean, God's ways are better than our ways. But the problem is, we don't believe this. When my life is hard, I think my plan for my life is better than God's. Like, God, I got a great plan. Like, I hit the lottery, and then I get famous, and then I get rich, and I'm going to use that for you. Like, way better than your plan, God. Can you really stop and just ponder that for a moment as you're fighting God because you're so mad how this played out? Did you ever stop and think for a second that maybe your heavenly Father, the all-knowing God Almighty, might know more than you? Do you think that might be true? That the all-knowing God knows more than me? I mean, you imagine how, light, how jacked up my life would be if God gave me everything I want? Like, how many genie movies do we got to watch to know me getting all my wishes is not the gig? Like, I mean... I'm surprised how much I think of that stupid Garth Brooks song of like some of God's greatest gifts, a run-answer prayer, right? Like, thank you, God, that you don't always give me what I want. Let me try to say this nicely about your plans to God's plans. God's plans are higher. Your plans are trash. I didn't say it nice. I'm sorry. God's plans are better. That's, I mean, let's just say that in plain English. You know what that's saying? God's plan for your life is better than your plans for your life. That word higher has a root word of just soars. Like God's plan soars far above your plans. It's like the destination of life. Your plans is like a dirty taxi cab ride to get there. God's plan is like a first class plane ticket to get there. I'm trying to work that in because I flew first class for the first time. It was awesome. <laughs> so I was coming back from Mexico. I didn't use church money for first class. Somebody had a free upgrade, I promise. It's unbelievable. They don't just give you peanuts. It's like the, like the real rich people nuts, like, you know, cashews and almonds. It's unbelievable. That, like, face thing, it had, like, some, like, eucalyptus thing on it. It had, like, a minty. It's unbelievable. That's not the point of this sermon. Back it down. The point being, God's plan is way better than your plan. Do you really believe that? Do you really trust that? As you're praying in this thing you think you so desperately need, that God might know better than you. So as you're praying, God, please, like, help with this. Take this or give me this. God right now is whispering to you, can you trust me? Maybe, God, but this... God, this is so much harder than I thought. There is pain in my life I never thought God would allow. God, you don't understand how hard this hurts. I know. Can you trust me? Jesus, they're talking about how deeply grieved he was. Literally sweat blood. And you maybe feel like you're sweating blood like, God, this can't be. And God's saying, do you trust me?
And when we trust that maybe his plan is better, we can surrender our will. Let me tell you the journey that my family had to take with surrendering and submitting to the will of God. For us, a big part of this revolved around growing our family. Then we got married. Like many people, you know, after a couple years, we decided we wanted to grow our family. Right out of the gate. And when you go through hard times, it's weird. The stuff you remember, right? Like you can almost remember every detail of what was said in the midst of that. And I remember going for our checkup. And man, you could tell something was wrong. And then to find out, I don't know how those texts do it, watching people just be crushed to find out we had a miscarriage. They can't find the heartbeat. So in that, okay, God, your will be done. This is what I think you want for us, but I guess it wasn't this baby. So we get pregnant again. God blesses us with our daughter and we go to that place. Okay, God, like we think you want us to grow our family. So we get pregnant again. And then, of course, go back to that checkup. Again, I could tell you the date that it happened. Remember just being crushed again. We lost that baby, another miscarriage. Like, God, I'm not, I'm, not being, I'm not trying to be disobedient. Like I'm trying to do what you want me to do and be faithful to you. And this is where I'm at. But okay, God, we want to surrender. God, your will be done. We always wanted to go into adoption. But again, our will was going to be much later. And God says, no. My will is I want you to kind of dive in now. So we jumped on the roller coaster that is known as the adoption journey. I mean, so many highs and lows and people supported us and it was fantastic. And then we finally, after multiple disappointments, difficult things, found out we were matched. There was a mom three months pregnant that was going to give that baby up. And so we, and here's the thing where we swore this was God's will. We actually knew a biological sibling of that, that baby that we were going to adopt. I mean, what are the odds that the baby we were going to adopt, we actually knew a biological sibling of that kid, they were going to get to know each other. So my like, God, this is clearly your will. So for six months, we prayed this was our baby girl. We named that baby. That baby had a, a, has a birth certificate. Our, our community group threw a baby shower. I could show you little onesies, but that was going to go on our daughter. That was my daughter. Three weeks before the due date, radio silence. The birth mom, we totally just got ghosted, just never heard anything. In the midst of that, God, what are you doing? Like, I'm here because I thought you told me to go here. And in the midst of the confusion and chaos, like God spoke to me and started me on this journey of freedom and submission. I remember getting in my car. I mean, it was so perfectly timed. You couldn't convince me this wasn't God speaking to me. I turn on the car. The very first sentence I hear is, I'm so confused. I'm listening. I mean, this song keeps going. I don't understand how my broken heart could be a part of your plan. If I'm following you and you love me, then why does this hurt so bad? The song continues. I know you're good, but this doesn't feel good. You ever been in that place trying to convince yourself that God is good when it feels so bad in life? 
I mean, we're driving along, and I'm wrestling with this. I had to pull over. It was so, like, I couldn't even see. I was, I, something was in my eye. I wasn't crying. I was real tough about it, you know what I'm saying? I was sneezing, and I was sobbing. I'm bawling, listening to this song, and it was the song, Thy Will Be Done. Okay, I want this so bad. This, I mean, there's so few things in life I'd want more. This was my daughter. This was our family. And God's saying, give it to me. And I remember coming out of that, softening my heart, getting to that place of surrender. I could tell you the bench I went to where I finally prayed this prayer. God, this is my, this is my, I thought this was my daughter. I was going to take her home, but she's your daughter first. You know what, God? Your will be done. If I end up not bringing this girl home, I will still say, blessed be your name. We got to that place. And just like those three had to walk through the fire, multiple weeks later, we got a text from the birth mom that that baby died in childbirth. I mean, this experience, just my wife being shattered. I remember her saying, why does every baby I love have to die? I could tell you the day, I could tell you the place, the tree we were standing by when we got that text. Okay, God, your will be done. I also know the day that that happened. Because that day, in God's sovereignty, is my son's birthday. Son, can you trust me? Okay. Now it doesn't always have this buttoned up thing, but can you dare to think, okay, this is so desperately what I want, and even in the midst of this pain, that God's ways are higher than my ways, that God's plan is still intact no matter what you're going through, and can you get to that place to lay it down before him and say, your will be done, God, you decide, and trust that your heavenly Father hears you, that he has a plan for your life, even when you don't see it. I want you to experience, not just to pray that, the freedom that comes with surrender. See, even now, as we transition, I want to give you that time, as we talk about dangerous prayers, I want to give you that opportunity to pray. I'm going to close us in prayer, but even before the band begins to sing, there's going to be, you know, just a, a sample prayer on the screen. If you're ready, pray that to God. And that same song, Thy Will Be Done, that God began to soften my heart with, the worship team is just going to, they're just going to sing that promise over you. So you don't even need to worship. Stay seated and allow God to wash over you in that time. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, in so many ways, we're so afraid to pray that. It's not even that you don't want to give us our desire. Of course you do. So God, help us to be open-handed. Help us to have the posture of submission and surrender to your will. God, we give you thanks that your grace is promised to us whatever that road leads us, that your grace is sufficient. God, help us to remember that you're our heavenly Father, that your ways are higher than our ways, that we would surrender and trust you, our heavenly Father. In Jesus' name.
Amen.